feedback is incredibly valuable because you do not get this in the real world. You might go on dates with people and get ghosted and have no idea why. We know exactly why. Hello, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Carly and Mia. Hi, welcome back. Another great episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This week we have Talia Goldstein from The Three Day Rule. Yes, so she is a professional matchmaker and I was so excited to talk to her because I've never spoken to a matchmaker before. Like what kind of resume do you have to become a matchmaker? So it was really fun to talk to her and hear all about insights into dating, things you wouldn't find out in real life, but when you have a middleman between you is so fun. So it was a really cool conversation. Yeah. And I asked a lot of questions or we both did about how she hires her team. And like you just said, like what her training or what makes her like capable of being a matchmaker, just because it's such an interesting, different career path. That's what I've loved about so many of these conversations we've had is that these people all have like very different backgrounds and different careers. And it's, I always love putting myself in their shoes and thinking like, wow, I never could picture doing that or like, wow, maybe I could do that. I meant to text you before as I was editing that I really want to be a match matchmaker. <laughs> but I have never set up anyone in my past, but she said that the qualities of being a matchmaker are having soft skills and just being intuitive about people. So I feel like I'd be a really good matchmaker. So that yeah. might be my new career. <laughs> yeah, I think you should go for it. I think more people need to be out there matchmaking. I feel like I was just thinking that too, when you just said that I could do it, but I've never set anybody up. I just haven't thought about it. But if more people were thinking about it, there'd be a lot less single people out there. Yeah. After you hear this episode, I think everyone who is single and frustrated with dating is going to want to use a matchmaker because it just sounds like the most amazing, like successful experience of finding your husband or partner. Even she's like made friends through it. So Yeah. Also like not for nothing, but I feel like it's really good dating dating advice if you're single to just like ask your friends to set you up because a lot of people don't put themselves out there to be like oh do you have anybody I can date or like any single friends and like Mia and I are saying right now no one's just sitting around thinking who should I set my friends up with but like if I know I have a single friend then I'm gonna have them on the top of my mind when I meet a single guy that they might be good for so asking your friends is a really good way to meet people because then those people are already like halfway vetted. Right, exactly. That's the best part about matchmaking. And yeah, I mean, I always, I feel like I just barely have guy friends and then none of them are single. So <laughs> I think I need right. to like expand my pool. That's when she was talking about all these people that she knew and like setting up so-and-so with so-and-so. She must have such a wide network. Like you must have tons of friends and know a ton of people to be starting out as a matchmaker. <laughs> I know it kind of made me miss our old job where we met because I feel like we were just around so many different people like all the time constantly that yeah. you are constantly meeting people and you're out like all these parties and events and you're like around a much bigger pool of people but I've yeah. definitely enlisted I feel like guy friends to set me up before but yeah I feel like right now I don't really have that many close guy friends so but it was yeah. really cool to hear what she did, like how she got to where she is. And I think that everyone listening is really going to like it. And it's not just about like matchmaking specifically. Like we just talk a lot about dating and things guys do on dates that are weird. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and a lot about dating apps too. And like the yeah. problems with them and dating during COVID. So a lot of fun topics to cover that are very relevant right now. Yeah. 
And one positive, which you'll hear about, but during quarantine, people are looking for love. So don't be discouraged about everything. (laughs) Yeah, she even said that she feels like guys are doing like even more right now, like kind of being more like chivalrous and uh, Mm -hmm. kind of like taking a step back toward old dating methods because they're realizing that, I don't know, another COVID could hit and you might be quarantining alone all over again. Yes. So we're really (laughs) excited for you to listen to the episode. And so she works for Three Day Rule and you can enter for free into their database. Anybody Mm -hmm. can enter themselves into the database. It's just paid if you want the full matchmaking services, which by the end of listening to the episode, you might want to do that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But what's going on with you? So I'm recording here in my completely empty apartment. So apologies if it's a little echoey, but today the movers came to my apartment in Chicago and took all of my stuff, all my furniture and all my boxes, which I really realized that I don't have a lot of stuff at all. So I've moved like pretty consistently for the past 11 years. The longest I've been in one apartment is two years. So every time I move, I get rid of so much stuff and donate so much stuff that I'm pretty much left with just the essentials, which makes me feel really good. I really don't like having a lot of clutter around. Like even these past couple of weeks in Chicago when I've been like organizing my stuff and starting to pack, like I honestly think that my sleep has been worse because I'm surrounded by clutter and I've just felt like really stressed when I have like all these boxes and stuff like kind of like half packed, half not packed. Yeah, no, so stressful. And that was like the same feeling of when I moved. And now when I got here, we've done such a good job with just organizing and keeping things like really minimal. Did you watch the home edit yet on Netflix? No, I really want to watch it about home organization. And it feels similar to the Marie Kondo and just having a really clean, organized lifestyle and home life. So I really want to watch it. Oh, yeah, I want to watch that too. I actually, if anybody listening has any suggestions for people who like come and organize your pantry and your closets and things like that and help you set up. I really want to look into one of those businesses when I do move into my next apartment. I've seen so many people Mm -hmm. doing it and posting about it on Instagram. It looks so cool. Yeah, I think I know one Imagine It Done, but I have no idea how much it costs. Yeah, I'm curious. But yeah, so- Those are really cool. The movers came and took all of my stuff and it's gonna be in storage for the next few weeks or so while I figure out my next move. And I feel a little bit weird about it, just that I don't know when I'm going to see my stuff again. So (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) But hopefully by November, I'm settled in my next spot. And for now, I'm going to be heading back upstate and doing all of the basic fall activities with my family in New Paltz. Yes. And meanwhile, I've been doing some apartment hunting for Carly and going to see places on your behalf, which has been really fun. And I can't wait for you and I to be neighbors. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, it's so funny. Mia has been going and looking at apartments for me and just kind of like posing as my real estate agent. (laughs) (laughs) That's everything that's going on with me. And I know we always talk about our new things that we're trying this week. It wasn't really like a product or anything I tried, but the past few weeks I've been getting really into learning everything I can about Ayurveda. And The first time I actually ever heard about Ayurveda is on the Balanced Blonde podcast. We've talked about Jordan's podcast a few times on here because we really love her. We love following her on social media. 
and I love making recipes and her podcast is amazing. So I heard she had Sahara Rose on it and Sahara Rose is, I feel like our generation's voice of Ayurveda and Ayurveda, if you don't know what it is, is like an ancient, it's actually the oldest form of medicine. So it's all about like the mind body connection and it's kind of like the sister science to yoga. So while yoga is talking about like balancing your body and getting to a state of like spiritual well-being. Ayurveda is all about balancing your mind and your body to live like your healthiest, happiest life. There are still spiritual practices and everything to it, but it's more about like your body and getting into connection with like your body and your mind. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm right now enrolled in IIN, the Integrative Institute of Nutrition, and getting my health coaching certification. And Sahara Rose was one of the speakers that we had for one of our modules a couple weeks ago. So I got both of her books, and now I'm really excited to make some of the recipes from her cookbook. And I've been learning a lot about all the different practices and different ways that you can eat for your Ayurvedic type, which is called a dosha. So once you learn how of like what bucket you fall mostly into it gives you practices and tips for how you can eat and different ways that you can exercise and everything like that and it just kind of like falls in with a lot of the stuff that we always talk about and mostly balance which is like health isn't one size fits all and exercise isn't one size fits all and like something that I eat I might love and might like make me feel really good if Mia eats it she might feel like really bloated so everyone's different so it's all in line with that way of thinking and we both really like that a lot so it's been really fun learning about it I'm definitely going to be posting more about it so keep an eye out for that and obviously shoot us a dm if you have any questions yeah I had never heard of it before or even if I heard the word I didn't know much about it so I was learning a little bit after you sent me some things to read and I took a quiz to figure out my own but I'm excited to read more and like the types of food I should be eating and exercise so it's really cool but not much is new with me. I spent a few days out in Amagansett with my family, and I feel like, do you ever have times where you, like, days go by and it just feels like you weren't so present? We were all yeah. so busy. We were all together, my whole family, but we were all working, and now we have the puppy, and it was just sort of, like, chaotic, and they were working West Coast hours. Dan was working until, like, 11 at night, so the days just went by, and I feel like my vacation, in quotes, it just like flew by and I look back and just like wish I was a little more present in the moment. So it was yeah. so nice to be there and be at the beach, but I just feel like we didn't have as much quality time as I wanted. So I think I'm going to go back next week because they're here for a full month. So that will be nice. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like yeah. looking back and feeling like you weren't present when it's like a time you were looking forward to. Yeah. But a new product that I'm trying, we've talked about Source Hype Bites before. They're the B12 chocolate bites. So tastes like an M&M, but it had a ton of health benefits, B12 to boost your energy and help you focus. But now they have a new line called the Source Glow Bites, and they are edible collagen bites. So we love collagen. I'm always trying all sorts of collagen powders. We've talked about Copinico, but these are fun because they're just like M&Ms and it's your daily dose of collagen. So help with your hair and your skin and nails so I've been loving those a lot and we love source and we have a code for source actually so to try the hype bites or these glow bites that are the clean collagen dark chocolate you can use code mostly balanced for 15% off so we're really excited to have that code for you guys because we've been loving these bites yeah I love the hype ones and I can't wait to try the glow ones I also think their packaging is so cute and that always gets me for a product 
Yes, I love it. And I feel like the hype bites you might feel more because it is B12 and helps you focus and maybe gives you a boost of energy. The glow bites is just a collagen supplement. So you'll see the benefits over time. Yeah, I feel like with collagen, longer term, you can see like your hair being a little bit fuller. I always notice it in my nails, but it's also one of those things where like then when I stop taking it, I notice it even more. So sometimes that's a better way to even see if something's working for you, see mm-hmm. what happens when you're not taking it. Because yeah. something like that isn't supposed to be like a drastic overnight change. But like you said, the pipe bites, I always notice that I get like a little burst of energy, like a little while after I eat those. Yeah, me too. I loved them for like a little afternoon pick me up, like a 3 p.m. sleep lump. Yeah, and they're delicious. Like you said, they taste like M&M's. Yeah, so check them out. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This is another great episode. We hope you love it. And the next time that we record for you, I think we might be in person together. So I'm really excited for that. Yes, I can't wait. So definitely stay tuned. We have a lot of great guests. And as always, find us on Instagram at mostly underscore balanced. And we always appreciate any feedback and of course, a rating or review if you have time or want to on iTunes. Yes, thank you. Enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome back. Today we're here with a very special guest, Talia Goldstein, who is the founder of Three Day Rule, a matchmaking service. Thanks for having me. Hey, Talia. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do at Three Day Rule? Sure. I am from Los Angeles, and we launched Three Day Rule in LA. We're now all across the country. So we have teams on the ground in 10 cities. And what we do is personalized matchmaking. So we're meeting all of our clients face-to-face and all of the matches face-to-face and interviewing them. And we're just setting the people up who are most compatible. That's so cool. So how did you get into matchmaking? Was this something you had always done and then led to creating your own company? I'm so curious about that trajectory. Yeah, in retrospect, it was something that I was always into. I was setting people up in high school just for fun. And I've always been pretty nosy and interested in people's <laughs> love lives. So I started my career in advertising and I would just march up to the executives and ask if they were single. And then I moved into television. I was a producer on Behind the Music and E! True Hollywood Story. And while I was really at E!, I would sit in my cubicle and give relationship advice and I absolutely loved it. And I started setting up my friends and my coworkers and realized I had this hidden talent in matchmaking and other people started realizing it too. So I would have this line at my cubicle of all these people waiting to get matched up. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. So because there was so much interest, I decided I'm going to start hosting some parties around town and I'll bring everybody together and then I can run around and matchmake in person. And so the first event had about 20 people. It was in Santa Monica. The next event had 300 people at the Viceroy. And then we had 600 people at the London West Hollywood. And it was really at that event that I looked at the crowd I thought, why are all these people single? They're interesting and successful and attractive. And so I recognized there was something missing in the market and ultimately quit my job. Wow, that's so cool. 
That's really cool that you kind of just noticed yourself having this hidden talent and other people were noticing it too. So when you were setting up friends in high school, was it like your friend would tell you she liked someone and you would like help give her advice or would it be really like, I found this person for this person and like match them together? It was definitely both. People were coming to me with questions about relationships that they were in and I was giving them advice. But also I would ask them a lot of questions about what they were looking for. And I started matching people up who would never have met each other. So for example, there was someone that I had met through my family and she was pretty preppy and came from a conservative family and wanted like a Jewish finance guy. And there was a guy at my work that actually I worked right across from, long hair, Catholic, covered in tattoos. And I just had a feeling they could be a match for each other. And I set them up. They ended up getting married and having a baby. So those, those situations, there's no way they would have crossed paths without me intervening. So it's just a matter of digging deeper and really figuring out what is going to matter for them in 20 years. Right. No, that's so cool and so intuitive of you to really pick out two people that, like you said, they would never have found each other. But I'm curious about when you started doing those larger events and you said you had hundreds of people, how are you getting those people involved? Were you promoting your services? That's a really good question because at the time there was not social media. It wasn't like I could post something and spread the word. So actually I was running all around town, going to bars and passing out flyers. Oh my God. (laughs) After work, I was going and meeting as many people as I could and telling them all about the event. And then they were showing up and they would enjoy themselves. And at the next event, they would invite their friends. And that's why it ended up growing from by word of mouth. Would you like charge people for it? Were you making money? In the beginning, it was free. At the event that we had at the London Hotel, I ended up partnering with a nonprofit and they donated prom dresses and tuxedos to high school kids who couldn't afford them. And I said, if you bring a prom dress or a tuxedo, you get in for free. Otherwise, it's $20. And we had over 300 people bring dresses and tuxedos to that event and the rest of the people paid. So after that, I continued to charge for events. That's a great idea. Was the interest from men and female alike, or did you find that females were more interested in coming? I feel like men sometimes are a little more reserved. Yeah, it was actually evenly split. And the way that we've always done our events is it's 50-50. So usually what happens is the women's tickets go first, and then we have to cut them off, and then the men catch up. So in general, I do think that at the events and even in matchmaking, women tend to be more interested, and that's because we talk more. We'll tell 10 friends where the men will tell one. But actually, both men and women were super excited to show up. And do you still do events? Not in COVID, but in COVID, we did. We host 1,500 people every year at the Viceroy for Halloween. And we do have events all across the country. So it's still part of what we do. That's so cool. So I want to hear more about your actual services. I understand you have lots of matchmakers and this is a mix of technology and intuition. So I would love to hear more about the framework of your company and how you go about getting a database of matches and really start that process. Yeah. So as far as the matches, they come to us in all different ways. Number one is word of mouth. We'll match clients successfully and they'll tell their friends about us. Our people might read about us in the press, NPR, Wall Street Journal, and sign up. But also we're constantly recruiting. So if we're working with a client and we see a match for her on LinkedIn or in Whole Foods or at a conference, we are making a beeline for him and we're going to ask him if he's single 
And if he is, we'll interview him. And if it ends up being a match, we'll set them up. So a lot of times the clients that we end up setting up, we're finding their matches in the real world. Like when I was flying, I would sit in an aisle seat and as people walked by and I thought they looked cute, I would pass them a card. So we are shameless. We'll approach anyone anywhere. Wow. That's the thing that stood out to me when I was looking at the website is that I was initially thinking it was just kind of like you had women sign up and you had men sign up and then you kind of like went through them and matched them. But when I saw about you guys actually like approaching people in public, like in the grocery store on an airplane, then I was like, wow, that's pretty legit because you really are looking for like that match for that specific person. Exactly. We really get to know our clients well and what their type is we actually ask them to send us photos of their exes and people that they find attractive so we really understand what they're looking for and we're not going to miss an opportunity if we see that person in the real world so do you have a lot of clients coming to you who are like very frustrated with dating apps so many And it's just getting worse. I think now people have been on the dating apps for years. So they're so exhausted. The average online dater spends 12 hours a week online. It is like a part-time job. And what usually we hear is nobody wants to be on the apps. It just feels like a necessary evil and they're sick and tired of it. From my end, what I'm seeing is that people are swiping past their soulmates. They can have success online, but they're swiping on the wrong people. And I understand why it's because you're judging someone based on a photo and a handful of sentences. With matchmaking, obviously, we're really getting to know a 360 view of who these people actually are. So it's a little bit easier for us to set them up successfully. But online dating has made dating more challenging. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like when I started trying online dating, people were like, oh, you have to use Hinge, I think is the one, because they ask questions, so it's not just a picture. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, how are these three random questions going to help me actually judge if I like this person? Like, yeah, that's great that there's also words and not just a picture, but most guys give like one word answers that don't give me any information. And like you said, then you just end up spending so much time on your phone and then you get like burnt out out and it kind of ruins real life dating. Yeah. And the online dating, I mean, the questions that you just mentioned and just the filters that we have. Yeah. It's these made up filters for what we think actually matters. And it actually doesn't matter. You know, if the person is 5'11 versus six feet tall, that's not really going to matter in 20 years. But if they're loyal and caring and your biggest fan, like that is what's going to make a difference. But that's not anywhere to be seen online. Right. Online dating, like that swiping is just so exhausting and I totally get it. You can't get a feeling of what someone's like and you just swipe past someone who might be a great match. So when you do introduce your matches, are you showing them like a whole package, like a picture, this is what the person's like and how do you go about that first interaction or that first connection? Yeah. So what our clients and the matches see are a handful of photos and actually all of our clients do a photo shoot with us. So we have brand new high resolution lifestyle photos of them. It does end up making a difference. And before they do the photo shoot, they work with one of our stylists to help them pick out some outfits from their closet that make them feel the best version of themselves. So we'll have those pictures. And when we present a match, we have great photos. We write a bio about them. And so it's not a resume. It's how we felt meeting that person. It's about their personality and why we think that they're a match for our client. And then we'll hop on the phone and also just talk through why we think it's a match. So they'll have all of that information before they go on the date. And also the match will have met our clients' must-haves. So we go through an exercise with our clients. We separate must-haves and nice-to-haves, and they get to choose up to three must-haves. These are the absolute non-negotiables. 
and then nice to haves. And of course we aim to get it all. But by the time we present a match, the client also knows they meet what they're looking for. And so all they really have to do is go on the date and see if there's chemistry. So how long does the process typically take? Usually our clients go on their first date two weeks after their start date. Oh, wow. That's pretty wow. good. It's pretty quick. We might meet 20 people before we present them one match. That's all happening on the back end. We're just sending them over the best of the best, but that usually takes two weeks for us to go through that initial interview process. And then do you help them plan the date? No, we'll give suggestions. We really like to make this feel organic, like a friend is setting you up. And so if we're matching a man and a woman, we're going to give the man her phone number and he's going to call and set up the date. Oh, I love that aspect. Yes. It just, it feels a little bit too forced if we're planning everything. So they have to go (laughs) through the process of planning the date themselves. Right. Do you notice any common must-have qualities among all of your clients? Typically for women, financially stable will be up there. And then something about kids, either wanting kids or not wanting kids. Mm -hmm. Usually those are in the top two for women. And then they'll throw in another one that is very specific to them. Sometimes it's a healthy, active lifestyle that's important to them. Sometimes it's specific religion, but typically financially stable and something about kids is in the must-haves. Do people give you like physical attributes or do you kind of get that when they show pictures of their exes? Yes. So that's in a separate category and we definitely discuss type. We know that that's important. They'll send us photos of people they've actually dated. And then if they want, they can grab some photos from Instagram or Facebook of people that they're attracted to. Yeah. Do not allow them to send us celebrity photos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Do you think people typically are attracted to the same type of person? I'm trying to think about like my own history. Is that really common that you see the same trend of like similar looks? Yeah. A lot of times people will say, I don't have a type. I date all across the board. And then we get the photos and they're identical to us. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not necessarily ethnicity or body type. It's something in the face structure that is usually pretty similar. And so are you guys only in California then or you're across the country? We're across the country. So we're on the ground in LA, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Boston, DC, Philadelphia, Orange County, San Jose, and Dallas. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So what does the process look like when you do like say a client came to you for a match and then you were in Whole Foods or one of your employees was and they saw somebody, they just go up to them and ask them if they're single and then set up, you said an interview. So is the interview kind of like everything you just explained, like asking their type and asking their must-haves and everything like that? Yes, exactly. So we would approach somebody in Whole Foods and just walk up and say, hi, sorry to bother you. You're adorable. Are you single? And you're usually caught off guard and say, yes, I am. And then we'll schedule. We used to schedule coffee meetings. So we would do everything in person over coffee. Now we've switched to video just with everything that's happening. And so we'll set up a video meeting and ask that match a lot of questions, you know, all about their parents' marriage, all about their childhood, obviously where they went to college and what they do for a living and what their goals are and how they feel about religion and politics. It's a pretty in-depth interview to really understand who they are and what they're looking for in a match. Do they think that you're hitting on them when you first go up to them? (laughs) Sometimes immediately we'll say, ah, it's not for me. I'm a matchmaker. I'm married. I am a matchmaker. So we get that out right away. It's so funny because I feel like, I don't know if dating apps are to blame or what's to blame. Maybe now it's COVID, but I feel like going up to someone and just asking them in a grocery store if they're single feels like so 
scary is the wrong word. It just feels like unnatural to me. So I'm curious like how people usually react. Like are they receptive to it or are they just kind of like go away? I think it is an issue with online dating because it used to be that you would walk up to someone at Starbucks or at Whole Foods and strike up a conversation. Now I would say men are a little bit lazier. It's much easier for them to look down and swipe than to approach someone. And so it's not happening as much as it used to. And so, yes, they're a little bit caught off guard, but they are so receptive because both men and women are looking for love. And so if we're approaching a woman or a man, they're so excited that somebody might have somebody for them. Right. That's so cool. Do you ever have multiple matches for somebody? And like, if someone doesn't work out, you have another or you usually just have one person in mind for each match? Well, we'll present our clients usually with one match at a time. And the reason we do that is because after the date, we get feedback from both sides. So we're learning what is our client like on a date and how can we help them become a better dater? And then also we're learning how that client felt about the match. And so sometimes it can be an iterative process where we match them up with someone and then they come back and say, okay, I know he or she meets everything I just told you. Now I realize this other thing is important to me. And so we'll Mm -hmm. go back to the drawing board and we might have to interview a new set of matches. And so that's why we like to do it one at a time to really process the date, what they liked, what they didn't like. And that way, if we have to change anything up, we can. Yeah. Also like presenting two at a time feels really similar to a dating app. True. So I like I like that it's like a holistic process there of seeing exactly what feedback someone has after the experience. And just focusing. What's happening with online dating is people are not actually focusing. They're on a date and they're always wondering, well, is there somebody even better out there? And so they're not even giving that person a real fair shot. They're looking for the bigger, better deal. So this slows down the process and really helps people analyze and think through what they like and what they don't like before they go to the next person. Do you have a favorite story? Oh my gosh, I have a million. Um, I mean, I have a recent favorite story and I think it's okay to share because she also speaks about it publicly, but I was actually on a podcast, Raising the Bar with Allie Webb. And that morning when I showed up to the podcast, she was saying that she was recently single. And so I talked all about three-day rule. And after she turned to me and said, I'm in, let's do this. (laughs) And she became a client and we ended up matching her and she couldn't be happier. We paired her with this amazing guy and they're blending families. And I love that story. It's just something with the universe brought me to that podcast at that time in a day that she was feeling doubt about dating. So I love that one. There's another one that I love because it's kind of a matchmaker miracle. We were doing an interview with NPR and NPR asked us to match one of our clients and they were going to be there filming it, which is a lot of pressure for a matchmaker. So we had one shot. So it was a female client. We set her up with this guy. NPR was there on their date. They ended up hitting it off and having a great time. And then about a year later, they went back on NPR to announce they had gotten married. Oh, wow. (laughs) And they're adorable. So I love those stories. And I also love the ones where we pair people who would never have met each other. Right. I love those. So you keep in touch with your matches? Like you just were able to see that experience through and you heard their proposal or marriage story. But what about your other matches? Do you check in or keep tabs on their relationships? We really try to. And I think some matchmakers are a little bit better at keeping touch than others. We're also finding out about engagements all the time of people that we didn't know were even still together because we're working with people for a short amount of time, usually three months or six months. And sometimes it takes years for those things to play out. 
And so a few years later, they'll say, by the way, we got married. Thank you so much. And we didn't know about that. But for the most part, we really try to stay in touch with our clients. It sounds like the most rewarding job because you're really like setting people's lives up. I couldn't think of a better job. And I've been doing it now for 10 years. I wake up every morning so excited to check my email. I'm obsessed with all of our clients, all of the matches. And I think I'm going to be an 80-year-old matchmaker. (laughs) (laughs) What does like a day in the life look like for you work-wise, especially right now? Yes. So about a year and a half ago, we were acquired. I used to be the CEO and we now have a new CEO. So my role has changed since then. And half of my job is to manage the West Coast matchmakers. And half of my job is to interview people who are coming into the door and deciding which matchmaker would be a great fit for them. So I love that I'm back meeting some of the singles for a while. I was running the business and so I wasn't getting to speak with people quite as much as I would have liked to. But now a lot of my job is meeting people as they come through the door, getting to know them and then picking a matchmaker that I think is a good fit. Yeah. You're matchmaking the matchmaker. So you always had a real intuition and a feel for who would be a good match. But how about the hiring process for all of the other matchmakers that you have? Have they felt similar ways their whole lives or like what kind of quality goes into all of your matchmakers? Yes. So they all have a similar story. They have been matchmaking successfully for their friends and coworkers. And some of them have been matchmakers before they joined our team. But the overall theme is that they have strong soft skills. So they can really make people feel comfortable. They have strong intuition. They genuinely care about everyone who walks through the door. So they do have all of those skills. And it makes for such an incredible team because we're all relatively similar. And that all we want to do is help people. And so our team feels like a family. And we are just here to support each other. So every Monday we do a call all across the country where we're celebrating the successes from the previous week. So all of our matchmakers are on the call together and we talk about all of our clients and whatever they celebrated the week before. So maybe a client going on vacation together or a client getting engaged or even a client going on a 10th date and we'll share stories. So it's so much fun to hear about all the successes. Yeah, that's so cool. How does the interview process work for the matchmakers? Like, do they have to do a trial match in order for you to hire them? They don't have to do a trial match. They go through and we do an interview and we're asking them about their previous success stories. And then they go through a pretty extensive interview process. I'm the final interview. So I get to meet everyone that comes through the door. And then they go through training. So they do a training with our VP of matchmaking, and then they have a continued training once they work with us. And we are actually always training the matchmakers. Even matchmakers that have been with us for years are getting continued training. What does that training look like? It's really intense. So we (laughs) go through... We go through all of our technology. We built our own system. So obviously we do that. We do a lot of role playing. You know, here's a specific client. Here's what they're looking for. What would you say to them? How would you open their mind? A lot of case studies, people that we've worked with previously and how we ended up helping them become better daters. So it's a lot of that and just choosing people within our system and asking them to find matches that could be a great fit for them. That's cool. Can you give me an example of like the date feedback? Like what are some reasons that a guy might say that he didn't enjoy the date? The feedback is incredibly valuable because you do not get this in the real world. You might go on dates with people and get ghosted and have no idea why. We know exactly why, because we are getting both sides of the story. And what's interesting is oftentimes we're bridging the gap between two people who liked each other and didn't know. 
So sometimes the women will be on the dates and they're just a little guarded or coy and the man doesn't think she's interested. And so he doesn't ask her out again, but in reality, she really wanted a second date. And so in the real world, they wouldn't meet again, but with a matchmaker, we're able to say, Oh, actually you both really enjoyed each other. You should go on a second date. So I see a lot of miscommunication that happens. That's so interesting. You have the secret to dating. I feel like you don't get that feedback even in a real life date when you meet in person. You don't get that feedback on an app. That's amazing that that's like such an insightful tool. It's so helpful because what happens is the smallest tweaks end up making a huge difference and you just repeat the same things over and over in real life. And what's also interesting is sometimes people are on two different dates. (laughs) You hear the feedback after and one person thought it was the best date of their lives and the other person wasn't interested at all. So I love reading the post-date feedback. It's always so interesting. Yeah, I find that I have friends who that happens to all the time that they'll go on a date and they'll think it's the best date ever and then like they don't ever hear from the guy again and I'm so curious Mm -hmm. I I would be so curious to hear like what that guy had said and why yes well a lot of times people think they're on the best dates ever because they're just talking about themselves (laughs) (laughs) and it's not really like a ping pong match back and forth getting to know each other so some people come back from the dates and said well they talk the whole time and they never asked me any questions I tend to do the opposite I ask so many questions and I feel like that might be a bad thing too you have to find a middle ground Definitely. And some people will come back from a date in that situation and say, I feel like I'm always playing therapist on the date and I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What is like your (laughs) professional opinion behind when men do the thing where like they talk about so many future dates and future things they want to do and then they never ask you out again? Yes. (laughs) I think a lot of times they're narcissists. (laughs) And they are love bombing you. It's just an ego thing where they're saying, oh, you're amazing. I can't wait to have babies with you. And I can't wait to introduce you to my parents. And then they're gone. But I think oftentimes those are narcissists. Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes it's a really big turnoff for me. Like I've had guys like say stuff like that on the first date and it kind of like scares me away. And even though I know that they're just doing it as like kind of like a narcissistic thing, I don't know. It's such a weird thing that so many men do. I know. It's like ghosting on steroids. <laughs> what have been some of the most successful first dates? Do people typically do like dinner and drinks? Have you seen a theme of like the best first dates? Usually it's just drinks. So yeah. dinner is too much. Like, you know, by the appetizer, whether or not you're even interested in the person. And if you're not, you have so much more time and so much <laughs> more money to spend. And coffee dates, it's hard to have a romantic connection over coffee. So usually the most successful first dates are just drinks. And then if they like each other, doing something like dinner or an activity for the second date. Yeah, I can imagine right now it's probably so hard too. It's like you go on a walk outside with your mask on or like, and even for you trying to, or for like the matchmakers trying to find people in real life. Like I'm picturing someone at a grocery store, like looking at someone wearing a mask and all you can see is their eyes. (laughs) True. I think in some ways men are more chivalrous right now. It feels a little bit like dating pre-app. So a lot of our clients, the man is setting up a really nice picnic and ordering champagne, or if they are doing a virtual date, he's sending dinner to her house or stepping it up a little bit. That's so cute. I love that. Yeah. That's a really good idea. It is actually quite nice to date right now because people are really looking for a meaningful connection and it feels much slower than dating pre-COVID. Yeah, I think that makes sense for sure. 
it's a little bit slower to start, but then they're all in. So we have couples that are quarantining together and they couldn't be happier, but it does have a little bit of a slower start because, you know, you're going on a walk and you're wearing masks and then are you okay holding hands? And so that part is different than the way we were dating before. But the people who are dating now are really looking for a meaningful connection. The players are home. It's too much work for them. And so the people who are coming to the surface are the ones looking for a committed relationship. Yeah, right. I feel like the players are just going back into their old archives and finding old people. That exactly. They- <laughs> so is, it's so much easier to just text an ex. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen so many people get back together with their exes during quarantine. Yes, I have too. I'm curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, it could be a good thing that brought them back together, but probably not in most cases. Yeah, Yeah, something tells me no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have you had a lot more interest over the past few months because people have been home and maybe lonelier or wanting a relationship? Definitely. We've been busier than ever. And I think it's also because people used to fill their calendars. They were traveling all the time and they're always doing something and now that's gone. And so love is just moving to the top of the list. And when you are not filling your calendars, you just have more time to be present and really focus on what's important. And so last month was our busiest month in history at Three Day Roll. Wow, Wow. congratulations. It's so interesting though, because I feel like so many people are displaced from their regular homes right now. Like people who lived in cities have gone back to like stay with family and things like that. So do you have some people who are like, oh, I want to find a match in LA, but I'm not there right now? Yes, that has been interesting. A lot of people we're noticing because we're in the major metros are moving outside. They're going to Colorado and Montana. And so it is shifting, but people are more open to dating outside of the one mile radius that they used to date in, which I think is a really positive thing. And more people are open to relocating. And so it just ends up opening the pool so much more. Right. I also really liked what you said earlier about how the app dating People are just so distracted and you're always looking for the next best thing. And I feel like now because of not being able to do that and a guy who like loves to book a date every single night and meet a new girl every night and like never wanted to make a decision or never want to settle down, all of that's kind of removed now. So those people are maybe looking a bit more for a serious relationship. Exactly. And that is exactly what we're saying. They're yeah. not dating 10 people at a time. They're dating one. Yeah. That's, that's probably refreshing. why I haven't been <laughs> Yeah, finally. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) I feel like when I've been on apps in the past, I would do that. I would go on it for like a week and schedule like three dates that one weekend. And then I would go into them assuming I wasn't going to like the person. So I wouldn't, but I would always know like I have another one set up anyway. And I would be thinking like they're thinking the same thing about me. So you're really just setting yourself up to fail because then I would, after that week, I would go off it for like five months and then I'd try it again. So you really lose like that actual like excitement about dates for one thing. Like Mia would be texting me like, oh, you have a date tonight. It's so exciting. I'd be like, yeah, sure, I guess. But like I was never excited (laughs) about it. But if it was like someone had come to me with like, this guy is for you. He has X, Y, Z. Like we vetted him. Then it's like a different date that you're going into altogether. Completely. It's so true. And if you think, about that you're doing that and the other person's doing it too it's so hard to stand out when people are meeting 10 people a month you know you have to be pretty spectacular to get a second date because you're just like everybody else if you're going on that many dates and so when you are slowing down and you're really focusing on one person at a time you're actually getting to know them and obviously there's so much more to a person than what you see in an hour on a date and so
So you're more likely to go on a second date with someone. I love that too, because both parties kind of have the same intention up front. So when you get approached with a match, it's so much different than going on an app date where you don't know if this guy's just trying to like hook up with a ton of girls or if, you know, you already have vetted this person and know what he's looking for or she's looking for. So I like that you're kind of starting on the same playing field. And you have so little information when you're dating online. You might go on three, four dates with someone and then find out that you hate Trump and they're a huge Trump supporter. Well, you just wasted all (laughs) that time or you really want children and they definitely don't want children. Again, you're wasting time. So when you work with a matchmaker, all of that is taken care of. You don't have to worry about any of that. All you have to do is see if there's a connection because you're already aligned. Do you ever have any friends or have you in the past had any friends who were like in relationships and you just felt like they weren't the one for them at all and you like met someone else who was like do you ever kind of feel the opposite of intuition that people should be together and kind of feel like they're not right for each other definitely (laughs) (laughs) I don't interrupt their relationship but I certainly see people who are in relationships and they shouldn't be I've also seen instances where people are in a relationship and they really just need a handful of therapy sessions to get through something, but instead they Mm -hmm. break up because they think the grass is greener. Yeah. Right. That's so interesting. How much do the services cost? Anyone can sign up for free to be in the database. Oh, cool. To be a client, it starts at around 6,000. So it ranges, but that's the smallest package. But really anyone can sign up to be a match with one of our clients. That's cool. And then it's like the client like membership type thing is just to get like all of that stuff that we've talked about, like that one-on-one support and the actual like matchmaking. Exactly. They get matchmaking. They're assigned a separate person who's their dating strategist. They get the photos and the styling. So it's a really holistic approach. That's the client side and it's much more proactive. But then the passive side is the database and it's free. I love the photos, like the whole stylist and everything like that. I feel like it must make such a big difference. It does. And we're not trying to change anyone. We actually go into their closet and we pick out their clothes. So it's just bringing out the best version of themselves. I also like that you lose that hole on the dating app when someone poses with like four friends and you have to pick out which one he is. (laughs) Yes. And it's always the friend is cuter. Always. (laughs) Yeah, the sunglasses and the hat. I mean, so many of our amazing clients, if you look at their profiles, they're not great. You know, they still need a lot of work, but they are amazing in person. So we get to be their advocate and get them on great dates. Yeah, I love that. Well, we usually like to wrap up each episode with just a few more like rapid fire type questions just to get to know you a little bit better. So we loved hearing about your job and the work that you do. I mean, it's honestly so interesting and I feel like the world could use more matchmakers right now, but we're going to transition now into just more like quick, quick questions about you. Okay. I have a fun one that I just made up. What's the best (laughs) date? (laughs) What's the best date you've ever been on? I went on an amazing date. It was not with my husband. It was with someone who I actually ended up matching with his wife after we dated. We went on the date and he said, by the end of the date, you need to steal something. I'm going to steal something too. And then we'll get in the car and we'll see what we both stole. Oh my God. Where were you? We were at a sushi restaurant that doesn't exist anymore in LA called The Hump. And I stole a pen and he stole a salt shaker but it was so <laughs> fun and I loved, you know, I'm usually not breaking the law. So that was a lot of fun and we became friends and then I ended up matching him with his wife. Wow, that's so awesome. Is that the only like ex you've ever matched? 
No, I love, I used to go on dates all the time. And if they weren't right for me, I'd call them after and say, I really enjoyed meeting you. You're so great. I don't think we're a match, but I'd love to match you with my friends. And so I set up so many people that I used to date. That's so awesome. Mia, remember I had a friend who went on a date with a guy who she wasn't excited at all about the date and everything she told me about him and even the pictures, I was like, I am supposed to date this person, but I wasn't going to say anything because she was going out with him. But then she hated the date. Like they didn't have a good date at all. And like, I always thought for like months after that I should have told her, like set me up with him, but I felt like such an awkward thing. Uh, I just had that happen this week. Somebody emailed me and said, this might be a little bit awkward. You just sent my friend an amazing match. If it doesn't work out, can we, can you set me up? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. That's awesome. Okay. So switching gears completely. What is one food that you can't live without? I'm going to say cookie dough. I make vegan cookie dough all the time. Yeah. What is in it? It's like, oats and uh, brown sugar. It's from this cookbook, Spork Cooking. These vegan chefs in LA, I've taken a lot of their classes and I just love making their cookie dough and cookies. Wow, that sounds so good. I love eating cookie dough. I hate even baking the cookies. I just want to eat the cookie dough. (laughs) (laughs) It's an excuse. I always try to get my kids to bake cookies with me, but it's it's (laughs) What is something recently that you said no to? We like this question because we feel like you have to say no to certain things to open up space for more positive things in your life. So it also goes really well with this conversation of like opening up space for dating. So curious if you have something recently that you said no to. Yes, I do. Actually, I've been a part of a CEO group and we've been meeting monthly for a while. But I have felt that it wasn't really serving me anymore. And I noticed that I was there to sort of help other people and I just wasn't getting anything in return. In this particular format, I loved everybody there, but the format wasn't serving me anymore. And so I ended up leaving the group. That makes sense. You need to set some boundaries and like those things that you feel like you should be doing sometimes just don't serve you anymore. Exactly. And I'll still stay in touch with everybody and it just didn't feel right anymore. Yeah. And then lastly, what is your favorite method of self-care? Well, I love to go to the spa. I love a massage. (laughs) That's not happening anytime soon. (laughs) I think that's what I miss the most. So I would say I have a Peloton and just if I get to ride it in the mornings, it really makes a difference in my day. Yes, definitely. I feel the same way. Movement in the morning makes a whole difference. Yes. And then it's done and you're in a great mood for the rest of the day. Did you have a Peloton pre-COVID? I did. I just yeah. <laughs> finished my 400th ride. So I was wow. lucky I had it before all of this. Yeah. Congrats on the, a milestone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I always forget to do live classes when I have my milestone. So I don't get to celebrate with anyone. Yeah. You don't get those shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> I look at my app after and I say, oh, that was my 400th ride. <laughs> you have to remember for 500. That's a huge. I have to. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Do you want to, or can you tell everybody where to find you? Yes. So you're welcome to email me. I'm Talia at threedayroll.com. Or you can go to the website threedayroll.com and you can sign up to be in our database. You have to spell out three because I forgot to pay the GoDaddy subscription on the number three. And so (laughs) it's now an 80s cover band. So if you want matchmaking, spell out three-day roll. 
Well, thank you so much for being here with us. This was such a fun story and I lo- we love talking about relationships. So this was great. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. And we'll link all of your information in the show notes so everybody listening can find you and hopefully all of those single ladies at least add themselves to the database. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at mostly underscore balance. And if you enjoyed the episode, please don't hesitate to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. And we'll see you back next week with another great episode.